Come on, two fucking hundred, Cluely. Come on. Uh, seriously, well done. Come the fuck on. That's amazing. That is amazing. How many podcasts do that? One percent? Jesus Christ. And we don't even like each other. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we should be recording. We are. Oh, great. <laughs> the hate is what fuels you. Fucking 200. Jesus. Smashing Security, episode 200, Two Flipping Hundred, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 2 hundred. My name's Graham <laughs> Cluley. <laughs> and I'm Carol Terrio, and you heard who we have with us. Woo! <laughs> Maria <laughs> the Mars is... Ah, oh, 200 guys. Maria, thank you so much for coming on this extremely special episode. Do you know someone was fighting you for this episode? Really? Oh, yeah. Well, who, like Godzilla? I'm not going to name any names. I didn't Dave even Bittner. know. Was, was it Kasparov again? <laughs> that bastard. Dave Bittner. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Shall we just for a moment just sort of bask in the glory of having produced 200 episodes Woo! of this podcast. Yeah. Why don't we do that on our live stream at 8 p.m. UK time on Thursday, 5 o'clock <laughs> in Boston, 2 p.m. West Coast. Graham still hasn't done the research of what time it is in Australia. For the t- and if for details, you would go to smashingsecurity.com forward slash live. Be there, be square. Graham will be so embarrassed if there's only me. Yes. And then we will properly celebrate. We're going to take questions, aren't we, Crow? Yes, it's like an AMA. So this is where I promise I will only speak truth on the show. (laughs) Crow, what's coming up on the show this week? On the 200th show, thanks to this week's sponsors, LastPass, Immersive Labs, and Mimecast. Their support definitely help us give you the show for free. And coming up on today's show, Graham grabs his ballerina slippers. Maria is going to look at women in tech. And I'm looking into smartwatches for kids and asking you, Maria and Graham, whether you would do this or not. Oh, boy. Plus, we have a very fantastic featured interview with Michael Madden at Mimecast. He is the Senior VP of Security Awareness. And previously, I know he won't like me saying that, but he used to work at the U.S. Treasury Department. And he was awarded the National Intelligence Distinguished Service Medal. <gasps> and he won a Bronze Star. Oh, wow. So he's an impressive dude with impressive things to say on how we can be safer online during these unprecedented times. I loved our chat. Check it out at the end of the show. Um, all this and much more coming up on this 200th episode of Special Security. Now, chums, chums, as it is something of a celebration, I thought we could play a little game. We're going to play a word association game. Oh, I love these. Okay. I am going to say a word, and I want both of you ladies to shout out the first word you think of. Okay? Okay. okay. Space. Star Trek. Wait, that's two words. So that's one word. So, Trek. All right. <laughs> Space Trek. Crow? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I would probably... I was going to sing Star Wars uh, or Ooh. Star Trek, so that's really outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. Warfare. Warfare. Warfare? Yeah. What do you think of? Warfare. Iraq, actually. Isn't that weird? Mm, okay. That's because how old I am. Yeah. Warfare? Uh, Trump? <laughs> no, my answer was Stratego, the board game, because... That's okay. The- <laughs> 
We'll get you on to more for Milligram. Men. Bullies. <laughs> Bullying. Bullying. <laughs> Men. <laughs> Sex. Sex. Not men. What's that? <laughs> well, look, don't worry if you don't have an answer for me at the moment, because maybe you just don't know it yet. Because did you see, ooh, did you see all the kerfuffle on the internet this week? A kerfuffle? Um, what, which, which, which I don't, one? Yeah, yeah, where were you looking? What hose pipe were you getting drenched by? <laughs> there was a UK government ad which was doing the rounds. People were retweeting it and sharing it on Instagram. It was turned into a meme about a young dancer called Fatima. And the ad was basically saying she should hang up her ballet shoes and pirouette her way into a new career. So there's a picture of this girl. Okay, yeah, can we see the ad, but rather than having your... Yeah, well, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. and um, I'm looking at it, okay. There's a picture of a young woman sitting on a bench. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously a ballerina. She's got the leotard and the frou-frou what's-it-on. Well, I think it's more to do with her leg spread because that's actually quite well, difficult to do. Well, you, why don't you try it right now, Grim? Try and do that pose you right now. You end up in traction. Don't try it. Don't try it. <laughs> I've already hurt my back. I've got to fall <laughs> okay. off my stool. No, definitely do it. Do it right now. <laughs> anyway, she is tying up her little ballet pump things. And it says next to it, it says, Fatima's next job could be in cyber. Brackets. She just doesn't know it yet. Rethink, reskill, and reboot. And it's all part of the Cyber First initiative run by the UK government. And I actually- think I know where mm. you're going with this. And mm. I think we're going to have a bit of aji baji. Okay. okay. I might be on a weird side on this. I actually thought this is marvellous because I remember my own beginnings in computer security. You well, were also a ballerina. Well, actually, you know what, Maria? <laughs> Actually, you weren't. Actually, I you, was. No, no, Maria, I stand was, your ground, honey. I, <laughs> <laughs> really stand your ground on this. I'm with you, 100%. A lot of people may not realise this, but anyone who's seen my calves will know that I have quite a strong lower leg. And uh, Really? Where I, was that when we went where, ice skating? <laughs> when you were clinging to the edge for dear life and you literally dragged yourself around the, the skating rink. All right, please tell me there's video of this. No, no. Oh. It was, it, sadly, it was before video was existed. Before, television before video existed, so the late yeah. 1800s. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Told you it was old. <laughs> now, I know some people think ballet's for sissies and it's a piece of cake, doing a pirouette, prancing around, twirling your arms Who in the air. That? But um, well, I don't think that. Well, no, no, no. None of us think because, frankly, ballerinas are terrifying. Have you seen their feet close up? That was just what I was thinking. Like anyone yep. who does that to their feet, badass. Yeah. I haven't been to those kind of websites for a long time. So no, I haven't <laughs> seen anything like that. Weren't you going to do a foot fetish website I, at one point? Sh- let's not talk about that, please. Okay. Not why right would now. You, why would you mention that on a podcast? <laughs> it's our 200th show. <laughs> it's time for us to get honest. Yes. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's get Let's vulnerable, be- Graham. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about this more on the on the live stream. Yes. Let's get back. Okay. Let's get back on the plot. Let's get back on the plot. I'm of the view you don't. How am I going to edit this? I'm of the view you don't want to. <laughs> As it always uh, is with Maria on the show. That's not, this one, hey, it's not my fault. I think it's you. <laughs> I'm of the view you don't want to mess with ballerinas, right? Because they're strong. They're tough. They've trained. They could. You know, wasn't that Bond villain, Xenia Onotop? She was, I think she was a ballerina They or could strangle like. you with a little pirouette. Yes. Yes. 
Black Swan, the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Any road. Back to the plot. So the UK government have put out this ad saying, look, ballerinas, seriously, you should be thinking about becoming cybersecurity experts instead. And I, This I've, ad came out last week, right? Well, it, it, it became popular in the last week. Yes, I think it's actually been doing the rounds for about notes. A, a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll need that for a year or so. So presumably they thought she would be better at running the UK's test and trace operation than a former horse jockey who used to be in charge of Talk Talk when that got hacked. That's probably their thinking. But many, many a cybersecurity expert might have made the mistake originally of beginning and forging a career in the arts instead. Hush, hush. No, for hush. real. For real. Bruce Schneier used to be yeah. a Punch and Judy man. Did you know that? That's not a ballet, dude. No, but it's still the <laughs> arts. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yes. It, it is. is. It yeah. is. Miko okay. Hippanen was a trapeze artist. Was he? Yes. That's he really why was. he's so triangular in shape. That's, <laughs> yeah, see, that's is. really cool. He's like he's like a Marvel Comics uh Does drawing. he bust it out at like the Vegas DEF CON parties? Because like <laughs> they would have trapezes there and if you have enough to drink. I can just see him going, taking his ponytail, swinging it behind his head. And like, I am going. He's like, I'm a trapeze artist. Everyone's like, no, dude, you're you're plastered. Don't do I, I don't know. I don't know if he drinks or not. I apologize if he doesn't. And then he's like, no, for real. And then he does it and everyone shuts up. And He's finished. He drinks. Okay. And Edward Snowden. <laughs> he could, yeah, he could drink a whole bottle of vodka and still do it. I, without I don't even like to suppose. I know. I know. I, I don't like to suppose. Sorry. Little known fact about little Eddie Snowden is he used to model balloons at kids' parties. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Is he going to come on the show? That would be amazing. We'll see. Um, maybe episode two hundred and one. We'll see. Anyway, <gasps> is he who I fought with to be on episode two hundred? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that it was. I'm going to say that it was. Okay. Tell everyone. Tell everyone. Uh, every that's going on Twitter. <laughs> People were furious about this ad, and I wanted to know what you thought of this ad because some people were saying this has killed the dreams of every Fatima, everyone who trained to become a ballerina or to work in the arts, and it's saying to you, "Yeah, your job's rubbish. You're never going to make a career out of that. Come and be cyber instead." What do you think? It's nothing new. Every people say stuff like this all the time. Mm. So I, I have a very cynical view of it as someone who left tech okay. to pursue a career in the arts. Oh. <laughs> you went uh, the wrong way. I, no, no. I went. I, I left the money to go into the arts. So ah. uh, yeah. Okay, Graham. Yes. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Bring it. Okay. Why are you asking us? Because we're on the show right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> the show I can't, I can't ask Edward Snowden because he's not turned up to episode 203. So I have to ask you, what do you think? <laughs> um, okay. There is a bloody pandemic on. How right. many people do you think are going to the ballet right now? Well, that's How true. many ballerinas do you think have been told, oh, you know what? You're so amazing. It's just that no one's actually coming in to see you. And it doesn't really look great on screen right now. And we don't have all that sorted out for digital ballet. Mm. So maybe what's happening is the government's kind of saying these are people that could get a secondary career whilst we deal with the pandemic, mm. earn extra skills. Yes, maybe. Mm. It's interesting you become a shill for the Tory government like this because that is <laughs> pretty much oh, that is whoa. pretty Fighting much words. UK Chancellor Rishi's point of view is that he has been sort of pronouncing upon the fact that many people who work in the arts at the moment might want to retrain, which did create quite a kerfuffle because other people are saying, well, <laughs> it's almost like a debasement of all the artistic jobs which are out there. And how would we feel well, if... okay, I know this right. is going to cause a lot of contention, mm. but no one is forced to look at that ad and go, okay, I need to do this. 
right? Mm-hmm. There's not, there's, I'm looking at the ad again. I want to, I'm looking yeah. at it now. Let me look. Okay. I, I don't understand people acting like this is new, like a new attitude. Right. Uh, this is the prevailing attitude <laughs> towards a career in the arts is that they're not real jobs. And yes. And in the UK compared to the US certainly values the arts more. There's more funding from the public compared to the United States. But here in the States, especially it's like, and, and right now during the pandemic, you can't make a living off of it very easily. And a lot of artists are told you need to have a real job in addition to your art job to survive. And I think in the UK, people consider different artistic jobs differently. So you'll have at the very bottom, for instance, actors. You know, which frankly is just pretending to be someone, isn't it? And doing a funny voice and not walking into the furniture. And then you'll have dancers and you may have okay, what did painters. You have for lunch? Did but you at the eat very today? top, at the very top, <laughs> you have podcast co-hosts. And I think okay. clearly they, they clearly are essential clearly. For, yes. for the economy. Okay, so um, okay, let's let's analyze. Yes. We're all very smart. If we right. look at the app. Let's look at it the says Fatima's next job could be in cyber, as yes. though that is the most wonderful place to be. No. I don't agree with don't that. Don't do it, Fatima. Don't do it. Stay a dancer, please. I think cyber, if you're kind of thinking, I'm into that kind of stuff, and yeah, you can make a decent wedge on it as well. Yeah. I mean, I know lots of freelance journalists, for example, who they say that they are freelance journalists, but they have a day job to pay for that. And right. that sucks ass that that's happened. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. the arrogance of the could be in cyber, like even a ballerina could be that smart. You know, there's something about the could that maybe is a bit jarring. And I don't like the, she just doesn't know yes, it yet. Yes, me neither. It's a bit condescending, isn't yes. it? It's yeah. like at the moment she's wasting her time prancing yeah. around. Yes, this person who spends her life priming her body to be yep. in peak physical form right. definitely wants to sit hunched over at a desk typing. <laughs> Carpal tunnel goes so well with that pirouette. Okay, you know what? You're changing my mind. You're right. After that, they're saying, rethink your decision, Fatima. Yeah. Reskill yourself and reboot yourself. This is an opportunity for you. Despite the fact you've worked your ass off for years and years and all you ever literally, wanted to do. And- literally, Graham, because I bet her ass she could hold 5p between those cheeks. <laughs> you, know, you know what else? A bit of coaxial cable. <laughs> I, 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 as I said, like, to me, I don't understand why people are angry as if this is a new attitude, because it's not. It's not one that I like, but it's it's out there all the time. Good Lord, I heard it from my dad growing up. <laughs> oh, no, like, mine too. I studied economics. That was why I went to university. I studied computer science. I <laughs> know. Jesus. I think the ad had good intentions, but was a bit cack-handed. I think it was just trying to encourage young people to get interested in cybersecurity. Yeah, but, and you know and, what? I get that. And you know what? Normally, I would say we so, so need bright young minds to come in and from all industries, right? Because yeah. you need different you need different brains to tackle all these different problems. It's basically a social problem. How are people attacking us? But imagine if you were Fatima and you were into ballet and you saw these big ads going on saying, oh, <laughs> it's lovely that you're trying out that ballet thing. But frankly, dear, you should be doing well, something Well, I'd else. like to think Fatima would just go, fuck you, whatever, I'm sticking with ballet if she wants to. Like, I'd like to think this wouldn't change her opinion of what she wants to do might, with her some, life. Some people might be insecure. What if Mozart had been told he was wasting his time? or Stephen Hawking, or Colonel Sanders, or someone important like that. (laughs) And instead, they'd been diverted into cyber. Uh, Many many questions there, okay? Here's here's my follow-up question. (laughs) Should we be using the word cyber at all? See, that's what I thought this one was going to be about. (laughs) I thought we were going to talk about the whole cyber discussion. Right. Because when I 
as someone who grew up, excuse me, voice is cracking. This is how passionate I feel about this. <clears throat> Somebody who grew up of the age of AOL chat rooms. When I hear yeah. your next job can be in cyber, my brain goes somewhere entirely different, especially when she just doesn't know it yet. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a threat. So that's <laughs> so that, the, the language of this ad is actually what gets me a little bit. Wow, my voice today. Amazing. Because for youngsters who aren't aware, cyber used to mean a bit of... Uh, Hanky panky. Online nookie. Yes. Oh yeah. my God, I'm so vanilla. The BDSM community are correct. I didn't know that. What? What? You I'm didn't, not kidding. You didn't know that cyber meant cyber sex? That's no. not a BDSM thing. That's just. <laughs> no, no, no. They're just angry with me for last week and they, they said, oh, you sound a bit vanilla. And I'm like, yep, owning. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit confused because you've used the word BDSM, but you don't know what cyber means because no, I, I'm we, the other I, way around. I don't know what BDSM you know, okay. means. Okay. <laughs> I have no comments as, as my other job, I work with lots of companies and I have mm-hmm. to do lots of stuff. And so maybe my echo chamber is filled with the word cyber. And I totally directly put it into cybersecurity. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for 20 years now. Well, so. a lot of people do. And that's the debate right now and has been for, actually, it's been a debate for a really long time about, because the US government uses cyber a lot. And then yeah. the private sector in the US hates it. And there's that whole thing there. And uh, I, I personally always cringe when I hear cyber because I go, do you? Because this, I, I saw some people being a bit snarky on Twitter this week about the word cyber. And these were the same people who were defending Fatima or whatever and say, oh, she should stay as a ballet dancer. But they said, oh, she shouldn't have used the word cyber. It's a freaking ad. Does she even exist? Yeah. <laughs> like, she could be a it's, freaking... a, it's all an illusion. Yes. Cast away all your attachments. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's freaking out about this. Guys, Trump is about to be reelected. For God's sake. Focus on what matters. God damn it. <laughs> For God's sake! Well, I agree, Carol. I agree. And Put I, a bow on it. We're done. I don't see why Maria is so upset about the use of the word cyber. I'm it not. Could, I'm, could she wasn't. I'm not upset. I'm just Greek. I sound upset, okay? I'm oh. <laughs> she's not. I thought she was. No, 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 no. I'm just, it's just, the, it's the Greek coming out. She just out. thinks Sorry. of sex. That's yeah, what, it's just, to me, cyber is cyber sex. That's always what it's been. It's ASL want a cyber. It was the thing that, but like... But you're way younger than me. How do you know this? Like, what? What? Okay. Did you no, never we'll see talk, The Lawnmower Man show. with Pierce Brosnan? I was of the age when this stuff was going on. I was, like... I, I was working at Sophos, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> there was no sex there. <laughs> I, um... So that's why I gave you these words at the beginning. Space, warfare, men, bullying, sex. Each one you can put cyber in front of. But oh. you see, yeah, see? Oh, I see. Cyberspace, cyber warfare, cyber men. You have to be a Doctor Who fan for that one. Yeah, okay. Cyber bullying, <laughs> cyber sex. But I didn't dare put down security because I thought that would give it away. You were so good. You won that ground, Graham. <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> I think we need to relax about using the word cyber. And I think relax. it's all right. I, I, <laughs> I, like I think the battle is lost Don't on, do on it. cyber. I, yeah, I agree. I can't I, I just, that, it's I just think all these people because what, what I, don't, I haven't enjoyed this week with in regards to this is the dog piling on okay it was a dumb ad right and maybe it was uncle but a bit the clumsy. amount of whinging I agree with you. it was just like oh this is terrible this is ter-. and it's just like well yeah it's not great but we don't all have to moan and then they start complaining about the word cyber well what do we mean by cyber like in that context of that ad like what does that actually mean cyber what Pandora's box is open. Well, they open. meant cybersecurity. They right. meant cybersecurity because it was the NCSC oh, who were behind oh, this. Oh, my God, Maria, I'm so... Okay, okay. So what? we're basically... Okay. Are you whoa, right, Crow? Back, the, back up. Back right. up. We're rewinding the tape. Okay? 
So you're saying Fatima's next job could be in cyber sex with brackets. She just She's, doesn't know it on, yet. But she doesn't know it yet. Five minutes I ago, we had that conversation. I told you I was. Saying. Okay, I told you I was vanilla. I told. I didn't get it. I didn't read that. I didn't see it. I'm not okay. kidding. I, I know oh that that's God. not how that ad's supposed to be read. So my brain's going. That's not how it's meant to be read. But my brain goes there. I know I'm not the only one. My brain's exploding. You you just figured out what I just told you five minutes ago. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and and the government must be freaking out because that is definitely not what they meant. No, I don't. Oh my goodness, I don't think that's. I don't think that is what anyone is saying that they meant. It's only Maria, yeah, and, and who's still in the nineties, no, who's yeah, thinking of cyber no, sex. That's right. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, because no one else was alive in the nineties and we actually paid no, no, attention no, it was just then. Me. It was just Maria. I'm the only survivor of the nineties. It's true. Yeah. She's episode two fucking hundred. This is going on. <laughs> Maria, are we now just getting to this? Have you story? have you got a story for us? Can you oh, make it quick? Uh, yeah, I've got this totally not controversial topic at all. Okay, um, so Good. it was suggested to us by a loyal listener, Il Wombato, on Twitter. Oh, Il Wombato! Yes, yes. high five, yes. sir, high sir five. or ma'am or other. <laughs> Yes. I'm not going to presume anyone's gender here. That's not that kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the tweet that was we were tagged in was this. Fact of the day. 50% yes. of women who take a tech role drop it by the age of 35. Oh, okay. Well, look, we've got two women here. Which one of you have dropped it by the age of 35? Me. Ah. Well, no, Maria, take heed. Have you dropped it? Well, here's the thing. Was I ever in one? <laughs> oh. You're here. We're talking about cyber, not cyber sex. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about cyber. Everyone now. knows that apart from you, Carol. Okay, so so the, <laughs> well, I gotta remind so the quote was take a tech role. Cyber was never even uttered in this. And the source of this data was a study by Accenture that came out this year. So Accenture is a big consultancy firm. They do stuff like this. Some people don't find these studies credible, whatever. Mm. I'm just going to take it at face value. Yeah. They did a huge study called Resetting Tech Culture Five Strategies to Keep Women in Tech because it is a notorious problem in the industry about the pipeline and why do women leave and all this stuff and uh, so can, so, yeah. can i ask maria why did you leave tech as apparently you're claiming you have left tech well i i kind of i don't know if i was ever in it that was my follow-up statement is because ah. i i worked in tech on the comm side i was not a programmer so is that what they mean are we talking about only women who code or are we talking about women who work in the tech industry in general, regardless of the role? So but I don't know if I actually you used a computer. Applied. You used a computer. You weren't, <laughs> you weren't flower arranging, were you? You were. You were... I did flower arranging for fun after work. It's true. Okay. So get to Ikebana, for real. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a topic near and dear to me because I went to school for computer science, and right. I was an earlier version of the pipeline problem, where halfway through engineering school, I changed to a completely different major. So, yeah. Okay. So it's all this stuff is perception, mm. right? And I would say that all of our listeners who've listened to you over the many, many stories you've helped tell mm -hmm. with us, that you are a cute, cute, geek, geek, techie, techie, lady, lady. Oh, she got a stutter. You're what, in the club. <laughs> no, but she's in the club. I think she's in the club. Maybe. I mean, yes, maybe. You feel you're in the club. You identify I, with the I club. I identify with the club. I, I hugely respect women who actually are software engineers. I, I've yeah. never been 100%. one. So I, I feel like this study is probably talking more about them 
Okay. Um, but I know many women who are software engineers. So the stat of 50% of them leaving by 35 roughly tracks with my data. So so does the survey give any descriptions of why people leave and what might we do to try and keep them? Well, it's a huge study. So yes, there's a lot of it. And if we could go through the whole thing point by point, I don't think anything would surprise anybody. Right. Because if we put forward like, oh, we've got a solution to this problem, I would be a bazillionaire and I would just retire right now because I'd be all set. I echo a comment that somebody made in the Twitter thread, like, what's the stat for men? The reasons that people leave are very different, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not terribly dissimilar for men. By a certain age, some people just go, I can't deal with this anymore and I'm leaving. Yeah. So I can say for me why I left, because I think I would be, according to this data, I would be one of those people that left if you don't consider this tech and running Mm -hmm. a tech company and working with tech firms all the Mm -hmm. time. But my reason for leaving was... Um, Your staff, people who were working for you? Fuck my f***ing <laughs> staff. Oh, my God. They were so arrogant and like, actually, actually, cry. I think you're fine. Actually, cry. I think it's a stupid idea. Constantly, okay? That Thank happened. God he's no longer also- in your life, eh? Thank God you no longer have to work with him. <laughs> that that bore. Oh, wait. Um, Also, though, I think it's a much harder climb. And I don't think men can really understand that. I'm not saying that men don't have hard climbs. I just think when I did the climb, I had a number of wins, but I also got kicked back Mm. in a way that I found quite hard. And by the end of it, I just couldn't take it anymore. It it made me sick to my stomach to even support it. That was sort of similar for me. I had to get the fuck out was was really where I got to. So I I left my last full-time job at age of 33, and I'm a few years older now. So that was, for me, I left before 35. And uh, you talk to other people who work in other industries, and you go, you know what? They are fulfilled with what they're doing, and they're not going through half the crap that I'm going through. So why am I putting up with this? Um, And that kind of sticks with you. And again, it it, it really does, Carol, as you say, just... It, it a, a huge setback mm-hmm. where you go, it's really hard to um, bounce back from it. You just go, I don't know why I'm putting up with this. So, yeah, because they loved us for our creativity. And then you're basically working with Simon Cowles the entire time. <laughs> like, that's basically what I think corporations are to the artistic mind. Yeah, I, I, I think college pipelines have maybe gotten their act together a little more. They've gotten better at, since I was in college, helping to nurture an environment where women who want to code or work in the tech industry feel like they can be themselves. And I know in my conversations Mm -hmm. with other women who have left, some of them are are engineers, some of them just in the tech industry like me. It's when you get to the corporate world, then that's when you have to really start conforming to what they think a woman in corporate needs to act and behave like and look like. Mm. Um, And especially techie men generally have been given a pass uh, they, they you can you can kind of be like the crusty old guy in the corner, yeah. yeah, who doesn't shower very often. I will say that is changing a lot. Um, people are sort of willing to put up with like genius techie guy being who he is and give him a lot of space. And then, but if you're a woman, you got to fit this very narrow sense of what a woman in corporate life has to be, and that's just not what a lot of us yeah. sign up for. I so. think it's a bit unfair, Crow, to say. They don't shower very often. I think you should take that back. I <laughs> what? Think, I didn't say all I of them. I think they shower often. They just don't ever change their clothes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do think that's changing. Like, I, I think things have changed quite a bit in the last 10, 15 years for, for men and how they have to present themselves in corporate. But the, the difference is huge. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck, it's really cool. 200 fucking episode. What are you wearing right now? Like, I'm Sorry, wearing... what kind of podcast is it? What the fuck? What, what are you wearing right now? Really? Did you just... ASL? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm wearing slippers, leggings, and a jean shirt, right? And very happy indeed. I've got my ballerina's tutu and an aqualung on at the moment. I mean, <laughs> this is weird. Uh, yeah. This, this is the 200 weirdest episode we've ever done. Jeez. Amazing. I'm glad I could be here for this. Crow, what's your story for us this week? <laughs> We're going to switch gears now, everyone. <laughs> so I used to think that parents were rather overprotective before 2020, but their kids, like not all parents, but a number of parents, you know, what are they, uh, what's the word? Helicopter parents? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think I saw a lot of that with some of the people I knew. And I used to think, oh God, just let them be. But now, today, I'm like, whoa, if I had a kid right now in this situation, I'd be wanting to keep serious tabs on them, right? Like, just know where you are, who you're hanging out with, what are you doing? Are they infected? I don't know, just everything. Mm. Now, you guys are both parents. Do you feel different since 2020 happened and all the bullshit that came with it? Um, No, it's totally exactly the same. Yeah, it's just as petrifying being a parent as ever. I mean, you're- So if you saw him licking somebody else's face, your kid, would you be worried? Well, yes, I'd be worried. Why Why is my child licking someone's face? Of course, I'd be worried. It would be, be worrisome have regardless got, of the pandemic. Okay, fair, insane. fair. Yes. <laughs> the fact that we've got, Maria and I have kids, not together, but we, we have kids. Is, <laughs> yeah, let's please is, clarify that. It's kind of irrelevant to that. You would think any kid who was going around licking people would be a bit odd. I, I can see that someday some parents today wouldn't want to let their kids out of their sight. You know, and also many can't because they're in homes where the parents are remote workers or stay at home parents and the kids are being homeschooled. And that all that time must be exhausting. It yeah, is. it'd be great if the kids were outside. But yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> yeah, like a little out of sight would be nice. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe if you wanted them a little out of sight, but you wanted to know kind of where they were and what they were doing, you might employ technology to help you out a little. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about one of these little pieces of technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and see what you think, okay? So it's called the X4 Smartwatch, designed by Norvay-based company called, I can't remember the name, Explora, with an X. No E-X. Oh, really? So that's yeah. the first concern, is that they've got Explorer <laughs> without an E. I find that rather upsetting, especially for a kid's product. Also, the fact <laughs> that it says Smartwatch. Obviously, any product which contains the word smart in its name is going to start alarm bells ringing, isn't it? Basically, the new Explorer offers various uses, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an asset tracker, a bike tracker, pet tracker, kids' smart watch. On their official website, the X4 watch is a piece of kit on sale for right now £159 instead of uh, the retail £179. <laughs> so there's a sale. Um, they say the most advanced children's smart watch to date. So okay. you can swim, phone, capture great photos and interact with recognized entertainment brands Hmm. so as parents you guys are i'm guessing at this point you're going yeah yeah not for me thanks though thanks feels a bit like overcome my son is sort of talking about wanting to wear a watch and things and i'm trying to work out what i should get him but this feels like overkill to me well it's got like gps right so you'll Hmm. always know where your kid is they you can have the messages come in so there's sms's they can send and they can you know you can interact on the phone with them go where are you you should be home for dinner and all Mm -hmm. that kind of but you can do this with a phone so well, yes, but a phone has a lot more capability. So this is an I- the idea behind this is that you can limit the functionality and that it's more ideal for a younger audience or an older, more elderly audience that might be, you know, bamboozled by all the tech. Okay. So rather than calling it a smartwatch, they could call it a rubbish phone. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is going to sell well with the kids. I'm all in. I'm all in with the rubbish phone thing. I would actually really be intrigued by a rubbish yes. phone. That would be- yeah, true. True. Truth in advertising. And then they have on their webpage, as always with our products and services, they are fully GDPR compliant, making sure your data is secure and stored only in the EU. We're offering localized speaking support teams in each of our markets to ensure a world-class experience. Okay, so put that little crazy kitten in your basket. Okay. How many companies are up front, not just with complying with GDPR, but they're using it as their big sales pitch. So maybe you're feeling a little bit like, okay... You know, and they're based in the EU. You know, they're in Norway. They're follow. You know, their data is in the EU. They're following GDPR, and the portfolio of product is basically the, the whole sales pitch is: this is an effective and safe way for you parents to stay connected to your children without giving them access to the internet at too young an age okay. by a smartphone. So that is the whole idea behind the X4 Explorer product. All right. Okay. At this point, I'm thinking these guys really get the concerned parent thing, right? And they mm. get that p- parents are also ex- increasingly nervous about tech and, you know, data snuffling and all that kind of stuff and bad stuff, cyber stuff. So hand clap to them. You know, this is good. I've just seen I've just seen a picture of this on a kid's wrist. It's flipping enormous. Yeah, it is. I was thinking that too. Well, <laughs> kids have small hands, right? So I know. <laughs> So these guys get all this, okay? And you'd be like, okay, hand clap. Well, slow that hand clap down. Get your popcorn. Okay. Okay. Researchers at Mnemonic, a security firm in Norway, decided to do a little digging into this kid-friendly GDPR-compliant, easy-peasy-to-use smartwatch that's great for kids. Yeah. And what they found is inside the popular smartwatch designed exclusively for children, it contains an undocumented backdoor that makes it possible for somebody to remotely capture camera shots, wiretap voice calls, and track locations in real time. What? There's a camera on this thing? (laughs) Kids can take cool pics. Because it's important. Mm. Yes, but I imagine parents would quite like to see their kids and listen to their conversations and all the rest of it. So this backdoor will be very handy, won't it, for helicopters? (laughs) So I'm reading this in Ars Technica, right? Yeah. And I was like, what? So they say, he says, apparently they discovered the backdoor through some cool reverse engineering. Okay. So the researchers Sand and Leakness used a modified USB cable, Mm. soldered it onto the pins exposed at the back of the watch. Mm. And using an interface for updating the device firmware was able to download the existing firmware off the watch and allowed them to expect the insides of the watch, including the apps and the various code packages that were installed. Okay, so for a hacker to do this, they don't have to solder something to a watch to do this. But the researchers did in order to understand how the watch worked and find the security holes. You're going to have to wait five minutes to find out the answer to that question, Graham. (laughs) So after doing more poking around, they said sending the SMS triggered a picture to be taken on the watch and was immediately uploaded to the Explorer server. Okay, one of the researchers, Sand, wrote, there was zero indication on the watch the photo was taken. The screen remained off the entire time. So I'm reading this going, oh my God, like this is serious, right? Yeah. And then they have this line about how 19 of the pre-installed apps on the watch were developed by Quihu 360. This is a Chinese security company and app maker. And one of the subsidiaries jointly designed the X4 with Explorer. So basically, Quihu are in bed with Explorer here on this one. And they manufacture all the watch's hardware. I was yakking to my husband, my smooth, super smart husband about all this. As opposed to your other husband. (laughs) Yeah. 
How many have you got? <laughs> and I was telling him about the Quihu and all this. And he went, oh, that's interesting. I think they're on the, the sanctions list in the States. And he checked and indeed they are. And Dan Gooden actually mentions this, in this later down in his article. So anyway, there's loads and loads of information on how they actually did this. Go see the links on the episode webpage as always. Okay, so you're thinking this watch now. You're thinking, oh, it's not, it doesn't sound so good, right? You're thinking this sounds awful that this could happen. Well, no, I'm now thinking it sounds awesome because if I'm a paranoid parent, what a brilliant way to photograph where they really are as opposed to where they're. You already have a GPS in the phone that allows you to track them. You know exactly where they are. You don't need oh, you don't true. need this uh, this back door for doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll okay. So then, so I'm reading all this and I'm thinking, okay, and I'm thinking, okay, well, how do they react? Like, what happened? So it turns out the, um, the research teams at Mnemonic contacted Explorer and said, hey, dudes, look mm. what we found. And they issued a statement and they said, I'm going to say it in short, but basically, thanks for telling us. And then they say, note, it would be really difficult to make use of this backdoor. So, quote, to make use of the functions, someone would need to know both the phone number assigned to the watch it has a slot for a SIM card uh, from a mobile phone carrier, right? That exists on the watch. And it would also need, they yeah. would also need to know the unique encryption key hardwired mm-hmm. into each device. So then I'm like, oh, that's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? I don't know. Well, be- uh, well, I don't know how the encryption works and all the rest of that. But certainly in terms of mobile phone numbers, surely you could just sort of... Yeah brute force it if, if you're after people who might have this particular device then maybe you just run through a whole bunch of phone numbers to see which ones hit it or hit one of these devices it may not be that you're after a specific kid you could just be after any kid mm. all right hang on hang on hang on hang on why does it have the functionality that if you send a particularly crafted sms it will then take a photograph without the actual wearer being aware that it's happened. Yes, that indeed is the question. Why the hell was that even there in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you didn't have that functionality, then no one would be able to exploit it, right? Somebody yeah, forgot. To, to me, and I don't know enough about this to say this with any you know, veracity, but to me, it sounds like a weird snafu in the coding to have that in there. Well, more than a snafu. It, it was obviously a deliberate choice. And it was coded for some purpose. Okay, so so this is the sitch as we see it right now, right? There's a smartwatch that they're saying this is for kids. It had an undocumented mm-hmm. backdoor on the watch, as detailed by the mnemonic researchers. But by all accounts, it would be a bit of a pig to take mm-hmm. advantage of. However, what the fuck's it doing there in the first place, guys? Somebody put it in during product testing for some sort of easy shortcut, and they forgot to take it out. Maybe. If they said that in the response, you'd be like, oh, I totally get it. Yeah, but would, would a company really admit to that? <laughs> I wish they would. Yeah. So are they pushing out an update to disable that functionality? Yeah, they very quickly issued a patch, which is good. The response mm-hmm. seems good. But it sounds to me, Crow, like you're kind of thinking this is quite a cool product, despite this. I don't know. I, I No, I, I'm concerned by why this thing was there in the first place. So mm. if Martin, than, you know, Graham thinks he is, can explain it to me, <laughs> right? To say how this could have accidentally been a, oops, how did that end up in there? You know, I'm imagining right now there must be a lot of difficult conversation between the two technology partners that have created this watch because this is not a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my view anyway. Um, But, you know, I just think actually, coming back to your point in the beginning, I'm up for basic phones. Bring back the Nokia 3310. Bring me back Snake. The brick. Yeah, the brick. (laughs) (laughs) I would be a fan of bringing back the brick phones. That's for sure. Like, I I would totally go back to that. 
Battery life. Battery life. Yep. You find it in your bag easier because they're not so slippy and tiny. God knows you could drop that thing. Yes! And I also prefer the old ringtones. Modern ringtones are rubbish. I want the old polyphonic type or like they're little MIDI files almost. What I miss were the little phone charms. I had one that would light up like a second before my phone call would actually arrive. Because it would be like the, the phone was waking up. So if I had my phone on silent, I would just have this little light flashing and it was... I don't a know. visual indicator that your brain has been irradiated. Correct. It was great. I was like, this cancer, it's on its way to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. This episode of Smashing Security is sponsored by LastPass. Now, everyone knows about LastPass's password manager for end users, but it's also a great solution for businesses. In fact, tens of thousands of companies rely upon LastPass to protect themselves. LastPass Enterprise simplifies password management for companies of all sizes and helps you secure your workforce. So, whatever the size of your business, go and check it out. Go and visit lastpass.com slash smashing to find out more. And thanks to LastPass for supporting the show. This episode of Smashing Security is also sponsored by Immersive Labs. They have created a free ebook. It's called Aligning Cyber Skills to the Mitre Attack Framework. The idea behind this free ebook is it gives you a guided tour of how the Mitre Attack Framework can totally simplify and strengthen your cybersecurity skill strategy. It literally is a go-to framework. Learn more at immersivelabs.com forward slash smashing. And thanks to Immersive Labs for sponsoring the show. Today's show is sponsored by Mimecast, the number one cloud email security and resilience companion for Microsoft 365. Safeguard your organization against phishing, business email compromise and risks of ransomware. With Mimecast awareness training, an important layer of defense that picks up where Microsoft security leaves off. Mimecast's unique breed of awareness training creates real change in your people and how your organization thinks about security. The video modules are funny and engaging. The phishing test examples are from real-life emails your employees have clicked. And the real-time dashboard gives you access to individuals' test results, allowing you to focus on the employees that need it the most. Mimecast email security and awareness training creates real change in your people. Real life, real time, real change. Learn more about the impact of security awareness training by downloading the free state of email security report at smashingsecurity.com slash Mimecast Hub. Mimecast, relentless protection, resilient world. And welcome back. And you join us at our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security related necessarily. On a 200 episode, it better not be Mr. Cluley. And Carol, it's hmm. funny that you have just been speaking about old fashioned mobile phone games like Snake, because my pick of the week this week is. A slightly retro style of game. It's called Scribble. I love Scribble! It is. You know this? I do. I love it. Yes. (laughs) So there's a ringing endorsement. Scribble is spelled S-K-R-I-B-B-L and then dot I-O. That is the name of the website. And it is basically, it's, it's 
sort of pictionary, isn't it? What happens is it you is. are put into a room with about a dozen other people, and one of them is nominated. They're given a word, and they have to draw it on the screen with their mouse. And everyone else is trying to guess what the word is. Can we do this? If our live YouTube thing doesn't work out very well, could we just ask people to say what to draw? And then we could just yes. we could play Scribble. Okay. Yeah, you can actually do a private room, so you don't have to have like 12 strangers. Oh, I can get off the <laughs> We're going to go Scribble. <laughs> okay, bye, everyone. <laughs> um, and it's quite fun. And the quicker you are at it, the more points you get. And Who do you play with, Graham? Well, I don't know. Complete weirdos. I was playing with... Do you play with your friends? Do you play with your butt I was playing with someone called Clever Dick <laughs> earlier. I don't know if that was your username, Pearl, but I was playing with them Clever just Dick. earlier today. It's a um, it's a it's a simple little game, and of course, everyone. Well, I am terrible at drawing with a mouse. I don't have one of those. Um, what are they called? The stylus, stylus, or skating pad, or whatever they're called. You know. But anyway, that is my pick of the week. Scribble.io, but scribble is felt spelt in a weird way. So look at it in the show notes. <laughs> Scratch scribble. <laughs> Uh, so, Carol, you're the odd one out there because you've never played Scrubble. You should do it. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, Maria, what is your pick of the week? Yay. So my pick of the week is, yet again, a video game because it's I'm stuck at home like everybody <laughs> else and video games have become... Keep you sane. Keep you sane. Uh, they do. And this game is uh, one that I probably wouldn't normally play. I feel like most of my endorsements start that way. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't normally play this. It's not really my style. It's it's a game called Hades, and it's by Supergiant Games. And they've made a whole bunch of amazing games, like Bastion and Transistor, all, both of which I've enjoyed a great deal. This one... Um, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, the, that that, <laughs> well that will mean something to somebody. So to the people who... So the Hades is a game about dying over and over and over and over and over and over. And the, the plot of the story is basically you're the prince of Hades, like you're Hades' son. And you're trying to escape the underworld and you will attempt it many, 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 many times and you will die over and over and over. And every time you die, you learn something new and you start over right at the beginning, but you kind of take some of that knowledge with you. So it's like Groundhog Day with uh, Bill Murray. A little bit. And it, it, it's a, it, <laughs> for people who know what a roguelike is, this is a roguelike game. So the rooms are never the same. They're they're generated on the spot by the game. So you can't like memorize the layout of a room or how a fight's going to go because it's always random. Um, and is it physically fighting? Like, is it like, you know, like two characters having a, or is it like more mental? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's fighting. It's fighting game. Like it's, and, and I'm not, okay. It, it gave me like crazy carpal tunnel when I first started playing it. Cause it's, I'm just not really into that, but the game is very smart about how it designs, uh, making the fights easier if you're not a fighting type person. And, uh, normally the kind of game where you just die over and over is not very interesting, but they work it into the plot of the story in such a way that it's actually necessary for you to advance the plot. And it, 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 they turn it on its head. It's very creative. Um, super, super fun. And uh, yeah, highly recommended. It. It's really fun. Hades. Is it appropriate for all ages? Uh, would you play this with your three-year-old? I, I have. Should I have? I don't, <laughs> I mean, I, it's cartoony style. It's not, you know, uh, you know, you're con controlling a tiny little sprite right. on the screen and okay. you're fighting like crystal demons. Right. I, I don't know what its rating is, but yeah. should I play it in front of my three-year-old? I don't know, but uh, I have. So, no. The internet will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're fine. You're fine. Fantastic. And Crow, what's your pick of the week? 
Well, I have a very huge kicking pick of the week for you guys. Okay. Like, I'm not even kidding. Okay. Like, it's super huge. Because mm-hmm. um, I have been working in secret with the lovely Anna Brady <gasps> since the summer. And we've been grabbing <laughs> tiny little moments together online. Hello. And we finally have something to show for it. And because I made the deadline of the 200th show. Yay! Which, you guys, you guys, get ready. Because I, Carol Terrio, announce a brand new hilarious podcast, Sticky Pickles. Co-hosted with my very good friend, Anna Brading. The Anna Brading that has appeared a number of times on Smashing Security. Stinky pickles. <laughs> no. Oh, thank goodness for that. Sticky pickles, like being stuck in a oh, pickle. Okay, yes, or yes. <laughs> anyway, sticky pickles. It's all about getting stuck in a pickle and having to think on your feet about how you might get out of it. Okay. And we've obviously designed these to be as hilarious and ridiculous and cringeworthy as possible. Oh. She doesn't know my story. I don't know hers. And it has absolutely nothing to do with technology. I know. Don't cry, people. Don't cry. <laughs> Sounds good. I like the sound of that. Nothing to do with technology. So hopefully by the time this goes live, you'll be able to just go subscribe to it. But if not, you want to listen, you can go to stickypulse.com and you'll be redirected and you can listen directly. Ah. Um, so for the next wee while, our plan is to drop a new episode every Friday at noon, UK oh time. Goodness. Your job, if you like what you hear, right, is to freaking tell me. <laughs> because... I love doing it, but you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, who gives a fuck, right? So so how do we get in touch with you, Carol, to talk to you about the Sticky Pickles podcast? Well, you can email us at hello at stickypickles.com. We have an Instagram page, Sticky Pickles Pod. How modern. Wow. We have a Twitter page, thank you, Anna, called Sticky Pickles. So if you like it, our plan is to make a thousand downloads, Okay. Small potatoes for some. I thought you were going to say a thousand episodes there. (laughs) 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 If we can make our download number, that means maybe we should make more. Like it's just a question of logistics because it actually takes a frick load of time. It's true. Doesn't it? It's true. Like, uh, and now that I'm doing like two or three at a time, it's hard. So, uh, so so yeah. So we need everyone who listens to Smashing Security, who wants to hear more of Carole Unleashed to download Sticky Pickles, the podcast. Yes. And download all of them, all three of them. <laughs> and then get, grab your friend's phone. And then we, we go and, get and, me to we a go and review Downloading it. right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, Maria, I totally want your feedback. I so, and we want to maybe invite guests. So that'd be a nice thing to know if you another series of these. Should we have guests on the show? It adds work, but if it's worth it, we'll do it. So it's down to you guys. I've done my bit. Maybe if anyone is running a botnet, they could download the episode. <laughs> Hint. I'm sure somebody listening is. <laughs> Not that we would condone such activity. However. Never. It's just a statement no. of fact. I would hate that, actually. I would hate that would if you? all the bot. Uh, yes, because then you're thinking, oh, wow, 10,000 people loved my show. No, one guy did. Botnet dudes, vary the IP addresses. Yeah, forget just, that. Forget cycle that Cycle those IPs. That's- do not do that. <laughs> Listen to it. Th- tell me I'm funnier. <laughs> well, you yeah. will be funnier than me because I'm not on the show. Oh, you mean funnier than Anna? No, no, I'm not, I don't think I'm funnier than Anna. Anna okay. is funny. She is hilarious. Yes. Yeah. You're funny, funny too. You're, you're yeah. funny. Yeah, you're right. Looking. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you most of our listeners, if they go through their podcasts on their phone, I yeah. bet some of them don't even have one podcast that is only presented by yeah, Oh, yeah. I should warn you, okay? It's a teeny bit rude. Yeah. So it's got the explicit tag for a reason. Well, you know, you know what a, a group of whales is a pod. A group of white males oh. is a podcast. 
Oh, <laughs> Isn't that it? That. Yeah, well, not this one. Not this one. Sister. Oh. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. No, no, take a listen. I would really love to feedback. And it was, it's been a kind of, you know, it was a pandemic special. That's how we did this because we oh. thought we need to cheer ourselves up. So it is fun and we, uh, it does get crazy. So how sticky like are these pickles? <gasps> okay, there's, okay, okay. I don't want to so give it any away. Oh, sticky. Can I just ask a question about the name? Does pickle mean is, is it a euphemism mm. do you think your penis looks like a pickle <laughs> not if it's healthy i'd go to the doctor if it did right okay so i think you answered your own question <laughs> okay good. okay maria okay i'll give you i'll give you a i'll give you a weird little scenario okay i'm not gonna give anything away but imagine you're hosting a work party at your home oh yeah right hell on earth yes yeah, yeah, okay. And you have a family member there and they happen to get absolutely arseholed and do something oh. utterly outrageous in front of your new colleagues. Oh. Wasn't that an episode the question- of the IT crowd? <laughs> I don't know. I've never saw- I've never watched the IT crowd. What? Okay. I'm not kidding. I know. Oh I know. God. Lots of people have told me that. Everyone what? in my whole echo chamber can't believe that, but I've I, never I, actually seen a I've whole episode seen, in my I've life. Never seen it what either. the fuck? Okay. <laughs> so I haven't stolen it. Okay. But question is, right, in the show is what do you do now? So my I'll set this up for Anna to be within cringe worthy, oh, you yeah. know, like, oh my God, I have no idea how to handle this. And then I'll we'll set the question and let her just try oh. and wiggle out of it live on air. See, I'm a I'm a chaos agent, so I would just be like, get everybody trashed. Nobody will know. You see? You could be a guest on the well, show, Maria. You know You're my awesome. number. You know my number. Oh, well, listen to it. Let us know if okay. you want to be on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 That's my pick of the week. Stickypickles.com. Make me proud, guys. I'm counting on Sticky you. Stickypickleoftheweek.com. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Um, <laughs> Sticky pickle of the week. Sticky pick of the week. But you know how I'm going to cheer myself up is because I believe we have a featured interview with Mimecast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Michael Madden is coming on the show now, and you can learn loads of stuff, but also he's very funny. So enjoy. Play it. Hit it. Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> so... October is here, and that means it's Cybersecurity Month. Now, this is a very exciting thing for people within the industry, but there might be some people out there that don't even know it exists. So I've invited Michael Maiden, Head of Security Awareness at Mimecast, to join us. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Carol. It's great to be back. Oh, I'm glad because you are the guy that we need to talk about this. So it is Cybersecurity Month. Who cares? <laughs> Should I care? <laughs> you know, it's funny because sort of the way you were introducing it, it, it did seem like like sort of a holiday. And it is a holiday, uh, but not for us, right? It's really, um, in, in some ways, you know, October begins the holiday season for hackers um, because they're ramping up for, for our actual holiday season. And October is when they begin uh, begin the ramp up of, of their attacks. Um, on, on our side for, for Awareness Month, uh, I think the industry, I, I think we picked October really because of that, because we know that the holidays are a time when people are at their most vulnerable to do things like click something that's interesting, go online to interesting sites and, and buy cool stuff for, you know, for Aunt Mildred. Um, but the hackers know that too. Uh, and mm-hmm. so October is a time when 
we really as a community come together uh, to inform companies, to inform people, to inform Aunt Mildred uh, that uh, the, your computer is the coolest thing ever, but it's also really, it could be very dangerous and to be vigilant when you use a phone, your computer, et cetera, because um, there are criminals out there who are literally targeting you uh, to get your information and to do things like um, empty your bank account. Well, yeah, and I suspect this is probably, I mean, well, I know it is the first October that we've ever had where we have a global pandemic, which has forced people to work from home. So you have all these people that may have done all their online shopping within the secure perimeter of the business, and now are doing a lot of that home shopping or that shopping on their home computers. Um, do you see that that is going to cause some problems? Yeah, I, I actually see what what's happening. So what was before the virus, what was happening was there was like, I think this um, movement of work and home and personal life just really conflating into this. Well, some people would say a beautiful flower, but others would say this this mess, right? Yeah. And so working from home and, and being, you know, stuck within four walls, I think has only compounded the problem, right? So I think people may be shopping at, at home with a home computer. They may be shopping with their work computer. Um, I think personal and, and work has been just mushed together more than it, more than it ever has. I, I think since, since we started working with computers, there's never been a time where I think the separation between work and, and home has been, uh, has been less. And so. <laughs> It's true. I, I flip-flop between doing work and then going and buying jogging pants. <laughs> right, exactly. And and it never stops. Like, And the hackers know this. So I think what, what it has done, I, I think the, the, the virus and also compounded with just, I think, the general uh, stress and turmoil that people feel in their, you know, the, the effect of, of the virus or a political system, I think, is just putting people under a tremendous amount of stress. And so what does this all mean? So the hackers love this because... For them, this is a field day, right? It actually really is a holiday. And here's why. So typically what hackers do is they look for vulnerabilities in people, right? They look for when people are not paying attention and they, they literally target people with things they, they think they'll be interested in. So what they're really looking mm -hmm. for is a person who's very busy, very distracted, under a lot of stress and not paying attention. Well, welcome the great year of 2000. <laughs> Here we are, right? People are under an, an, an insane amount of stress, totally distracted. And, oh, and there's one more component, craving information. So the hackers are exploiting all of this and they're having a field day. Hacks have gone up, you know, hundreds of times. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we see this in our own, uh, you know, in our own systems. And if you don't train and if you don't train yourself and train employees, uh, it, the situation becomes pretty dire. Okay, so let's let's start with companies. Okay, so we've got all these companies. They've got their home home workforce now, a brand new thing for many companies. What do you think are some of the key things they need to address in terms of awareness? Like if there is any one or three messages you need them to get across to all their employees, what would you say that is? But before I, I joined um, Mimecast and sort of entered into the business world, I ran uh, the intelligence shop out of uh, the Treasury Department, the U.S. Treasury Department. So in that capacity, we worked on uh, issues like sanctions, right? Sanctioning 
you know, Iran or, or, or Iranian uh, entities or North Korean entities, et cetera. So often I'll, I'll get like phone calls from, from people that I used to work with who are working with clients and have questions about, you know, treasury things. So I get a call from a, a former colleague of mine who said, look, I have, I have a, I represent a client. They are an engineering firm with a lot of IP, like super, super cool energy stuff. That's very, very important. They got hit right. by a ransomware attack and the ransomware attack uh, hit them exactly where their IP was and they were frozen up and they couldn't, they could not work. So they were, uh, the, the ransom attack was for $3 million, which they were going to pay. Yeah. Uh, so they worked with their attorneys. They were going to pay it. And at the last minute, and it was all above board. And at the last minute, the attorney said, sorry, wait a minute. You can't pay this ransom because the ransomware attacker is actually associated and affiliated with a, a, a designated entity. And you can't, if someone is a designated entity by, by the UN or by the US, you, you literally can't send them money. It's like sending money to a, a, a terrorist organization. Right. And, and how did this happen? One of their employees clicked on a link, clicked on a, on a, on a, on a, it was actually an SMS, uh, you know, went through their phone. Uh, they also got the same, uh, message on their computer and they clicked that. And so their phone was completely, um, compromised and then their work computer was completely compromised and it was wow. one person. And actually there's no great answer. There is no great answer. And, and the only right thing, which is unfortunately to say is don't get into that situation. I've heard you talk before about having a stop and think mentality. What do you, what does that mean to you? What do you, what are you trying to suggest people should do when they're, uh, to, to employ that technique? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I, and I don't think it, it really has changed. So at the end of the day, if you, if a person is getting an email that seems in any or, or a text or honestly, even a phone call, right? Mm -hmm. a, a solicitation of some kind that seems in any way dodgy. Chances are it is dodgy. And there's no, there's no real big downside if you think it's dodgy and, and it's not like, so what? You've checked it out. But before you click on that link, either in your phone or on the computer or, or you provide like, any sort of personal information on the phone, which most banks, almost all banks will never require. Stop and think about that and, and just take a tactical pause. And at the end of the day, the safest thing you can do is just delete it. Yep. And, and also like block numbers that come in, set up, you know, email, email filters that where things just go to spam and you don't, you know, have to look at them. Uh, and then on the corporate side is you, you have to have a layer of security that blocks as best as possible, these, uh, you know, these phishing attacks that come in. I mean, this is, it's the number one threat that a company has for, for compromise is the individual, right? So I think it's one, educate the individual. So if they see something, um, they take a tactical pause, take a breath and say, wait, should I really be clicking on this? Is it really worth it? Uh, it seems funny, like something's misspelled or the URL doesn't make any sense or this just doesn't seem right. Ignore it or delete it. Uh, and then on the company side, you know, they have to provide protection for their employees so that their employees aren't overwhelmed with this, you know, mm. with, with the attacks. I think home users would be wiser 
to have two different email addresses, for instance, that they use all the time, one for their online shopping, where maybe they're not 100% uh, confident that everything is above board, and then having one that they use for banking and for more of their really serious trusted work? The answer is maybe. If you do that, but then your password's the same for everything, then it doesn't matter. Okay, good point. <laughs> what I've found, so at work, of course, we use a VPN, which is a virtual private network. Um, and then I started using that on my on my home computer too, especially with working from home and the fact that we're all just more vulnerable and we're all connected with, with you know, we're all so interconnected with each other that if a, if a hacker really wants to get at you, Right, they can compromise one of your friends and and pretend to write an email from that friend. Right, mm. it'll it won't be exactly the same. Right, mm. likely it'll be strange, or likely they may be asking for information, or asking you to send them money, or as or saying they're in a panic and they've gotten held up. Mm. So it is very possible that one of your your I know a friend or colleague's been compromised too. So I, I think a VPN is actually a, probably a nice way to go. I st- it's a little bit of a pain, but I it does provide extra comfort on on a personal computer. And then I do think setting up different, you know, different personas, that's a really good point. I I do think setting up different personas that are separated from each other by things like always use different passwords. 100%. Always. And also multi-factor authentication. Again, it's a little bit of a pain. It is so much better to use multi-factor authentication, you know, uh, places like Google or, or, um, you know, you know, Microsoft, like they, they all have multi-factor and they've all made it pretty much as easy as, as possible. The thing I think most people struggle with is there is this assumption that when they say download a new app or tool or service, they assume that the default configuration is the safest configuration. So I think they just go, I've just set it up as a default and that means it'll be safe enough. And I think that is a really, really dangerous approach. And I try and encourage people to go and look at the configuration jobs. The problem, though, is those pages are always designed completely differently. And it can be really frustrating. Totally. So a couple of things on that. That's super interesting, right? If you look at, for example, a company that's in AWS, AWS is only as secure as you want your configuration to be. If the analogy is with your house, how secure do you want your house, Mm -hmm. right? You don't get your house with a bolt on it. You get a a key set, but you don't have to use it. It could be be wide open. Uh, Do you want an alarm system? Do you want motion detecting? Do you actually, are you actually going to lock your door or just get the house the way it is and it doesn't come locked? (laughs) Yeah. So I I think that that's really the analogy that people should, should use. I think uh, for someone who's not necessarily sophisticated in looking at configuration, what I would say is this. If you're going to download something, go to the actual website where that thing is. Don't download something from a link. Like never download something from a link. Like I would absolutely go to the actual website or go to the, uh, go to the app store. Never download something from a link. And you web, yeah, and you web providers out there, make sure it's really easy <laughs> to find the page. <laughs> Now, companies who want to provide training to their employees need to get their skates on and need to do it virtually, I guess. From a Mimecast perspective, we were built for this. I mean, we actually built the entire company virtually, but we we also set the, the training up. And the reason why we set it up so it would work in a virtual environment from the beginning was not that we predicted this insanity to happen, but because training needs to meet people where they are. 
And people, many, many people do not want to take any sort of training behind a desk. We designed, we designed our training so that we meet people where they are and they're not always behind their desk. So what I would encourage companies to do is find a security awareness training program, uh, that really meets people, meets employees where they are and also has a learning methodology that incorporates micro learning so that it's like super short and people don't have to, you know, click through PowerPoint slides, God forbid. Um, and the last part, which is like really the most important is that a security program that addresses the hearts and minds of the employee, right? Ultimately, cybersecurity training and awareness training is a hearts and minds campaign, right? It's about changing the way people think about security from something they have to do, like compliancy to something they want to do that they're committed to do, right? From compliance to commitment is really what you're looking for in a program. I think that sounds great. And I think a place that our listeners can look is Mimecast. If you want more information on this, please visit smashingsecurity.com forward slash Mimecast hub. And there you can find the state of email security 2020 report that has been published by Mimecast. Michael, anything to add? I mean, the neatest thing is that you know, when, when I, when I sold, uh, Atada to, to Mimecast and we became Mimecast awareness training, we were always looking for that, that golden nugget that actually showed that our product worked. You know, it's very, actually very, very hard for a company to actually prove that they work. They look at tests and they say, look, people on phishing tests have gone down, you know, up to down to 2%, but that's a test. It's hard to really demonstrate. Um, efficacy. And what's so cool uh, is that we just uh, finished up research that shows definitively um, with 30 to 40,000 customers that if you don't have a, you know, Mimecast awareness training, you're 5.2 times more likely to click on a bad link. I mean, that was really meaningful for us because now uh, we can show and then continue to learn uh, from what we're doing. Michael Maiden, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you're, you're, it's always good to have an expert that really knows their stuff. You can tell you've been in the industry a long time. I'm not saying you're long in the tooth or anything. Very long, <laughs> long time. You see, I told you. Told you. Yeah, it's good, good, right? I enjoyed all that. Excellent points. Well made. On that sticky pickled bombshell, we've just <laughs> about wrapped it up for our 200 f- I can't even say it. Podcast. It's hard to believe we've got this far, but we have to thank all, yes, each and every one of our lovely listeners, our sponsors, our amazing guests like Maria Vamasis, who's been on the show this week. Yay. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on 200. Thank you so much. We look great for 200, I think, don't you? Maria, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What's the best way for folks to do that? Twitter is still where it's at. God help it. Um, it's <laughs> at mvermazis is where I am. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter wouldn't last to have a G. And you can also join the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget, if you want to be sure never to miss another episode, and you really shouldn't, because we're going to have at least another 200 fabulous episodes for you in the future. Subscribe <laughs> in your favourite podcast apps, such as Damn Apple right. Podcasts, Spotify, or Pocket Casts. And don't forget Sticky Pickles as well. 
Okay, don't freak out, people, but as it's our 200th show, I'm sending you actual smooches on the cheek to all of you in the Smashing Security community. I know it's not safe. Kick me. You chums rock. Also, high five to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, Mimecast, LastPass, and Immersive Labs. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. And remember to show up on Thursday, 8 o'clock UT time, smashingsecurity.com forward slash live. Until next time, or maybe on the live stream. Cheerio. Bye bye. Later. Goodbye. <laughs> See you Tuesday. See you next. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) See you next Tuesday. (laughs) We should have put it on Tuesday. I didn't want to say it. I was just sitting here (laughs) chuckling. Um, (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on episode two hundred. That's the way to say it.